He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is... Now! The OG of Jets podcasting and blogging is back! Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in! Live from the Vivid Seat Studios, use the promo code OVERTIME for up to $100 off your first ticket purchase after you download the Vivid Seats mobile app. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back, the real me, let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton and Josh Conrad on Turn on the Jets Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year special post by week edition. I am your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. And I'm here with Travis Milton, who you can follow on Twitter at dash 37 board 27. If you enjoy lots of golden girls talk and white claw talk and whiskey talk. And then uh, we also have, as always our good friend, Josh Conrad, Josh, you can find at Josh underscore Conrad on Twitter and you'll find some what, pictures of twins in Jets gear and what else would we find there Josh yeah it's we're back to baseball season here in Jets slash Yankee Conrad worlds <laughs> so you're finding Yankees and Jets yeah now so we need to talk about that is uh, because you're kind of back in the region I am the like I was always told that I'm a Yankees and a Jets fan and that's a weird crossover yeah. So do mm-hmm. you get that same thing from people or do you find more Yankees Jets fans kind of back in the tri-state area these days? No, no, no. Yeah. So depending on which team you're talking about first, the Jets or the Yankees, the assumption will be obviously like Jets and Mets um, or uh, Yankees Giants. And so what's interesting, like so, so when I growing up, I had, I had an uncle who's a Mets fan and a Giants fan and um just my natural response to that. And I love him dearly. We have a great relationship, but um, just to be a little bit different from him, I, I chose the, the Yankees um, and the Jets. <laughs> and it's, it's been a wash really. Like, you know, they've got a couple Super Bowls. Yankees obviously have a handful of world series titles in my lifetime. So, but it, it, it is, it is the white whale of, of, uh, of the, the tri state area to be a, a Yankees and Jets fan. And there are not very many of me. And maybe if if you're the white whale of of Jets uh, Yankees fandom, then our friend Travis here, you must be like the rainbow unicorn because you're the you're the odd Dodgers Jets fan, just so- just like Sam Darnold. <laughs> and th- that's a great point because I guess the thing is like to be like the demographic that you'd have to fit in to be like a Dodgers and a Jets fan is like someone who was like 60 years old when they won uh, the the world title in, in 68, 69, but like remember the glory days of the Brooklyn Dodgers. So, so like even if the Jets Yankees thing is not as common, like you are truly uh, the, the unicorn. Uh, well, it's weird. It, it does like with my Dodgers fandom does have roots in the Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> my dad's old boss was really good friends with him. And, uh, one night he uh, he had a little bit too much. Uh, actually, I think he was drinking Mickey's, like the Mickey's, nice. big boy, the grenades. Yeah, 
Yeah. And he got in an argument with his daughter and we were at the house and it was super awkward. And, uh, he wouldn't let us leave, which made it even more awkward, but then he goes upstairs and he comes down and he's like, I'm never going to have a grandson where the crap. So here, this is yours. If you can name me eight Brooklyn Dodgers players. And it was a ball wow. signed by the entire 1955 Dodgers. Wow. Team, oh, wow. The, the team that beat the Yanks. And, uh, he said, the only way I'm going to give this to you if, is, is if you become a Dodgers fan. And I was an A's fan at the time because it was Conseco and Bash Brothers. Bash Brothers, yeah. and uh, I was like, "Yep, cool." And it, it, luckily enough for me, it was it was two weeks before the World Series, and and the Dodgers won. So, like my first, my Kirk first uh, couple weeks of of, uh, of Dodgers fandom, yeah, against the team that I you know originally liked. So, That's so, so yeah, it, it's it's weird. I still have that same nineteen old dude, nineteen sixties, riding the, the the trolley down to to Brooklyn and Ebbets Field, kind of kind of roots. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's it's, it's, we're a baseball podcast now, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah, sorry. Did, oh, did you not know that? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you mentioned Sam Darn a little earlier. I think we need to lean into the spleen talk here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I've got a couple quotes for you, and then we can talk and react to both of them. So if you remember, Darnold went on radio a couple weeks ago. He talked about how he, you know was going to do everything he's, you know, whatever he could to be ready for the, for week five, obviously respect the fact that he was optimistic, but you know, here's what he says, you know, a day ago, I've been doing everything I can. I've been exercising as much as I can so far, kind of let the specifics come out whenever they do, whenever coach Gase wants me to disclose that information for me, it's going to be about what the doctors say it's out of my control. My spleen at this point is going to do what it's going to do. I love tautologies when we're talking to our, we're talking about our bodily organs. Um, and then, uh, and then later says, I'm just to clarify, I'm going to let the specifics come out. Um, but until then I'm just going to do what the doctors say. So he's essentially not cleared for contact, which Gase confirmed as well. Nobody should hit him anyways, but right now what we're, what they're telling us is he can't have any contact. So if we're playing a game this Tuesday or Wednesday, he won't be able to play because he hasn't been cleared for contact. So the point here is he hasn't been cleared for contact. It's now Wednesday. We've got a couple days of practice before the Jets have their game this weekend. I would guess the longer we go this week, the less likely it is that they're going to clear him for contact. I don't think it's going to be a game time decision. I think they want to have their quarterbacks up and ready and get as many reps as they can, whether it's Darnold, whether it's Luke Falk. And it's this kind of a situation where you miss someone like Josh McCown, right, fellas? Because he's the kind of person that you could be giving Darnold the practice reps. You give Luke some backup reps, and, uh, and, or Josh, not Luke, uh, give give Josh some some backup reps. But even if he has to play, he's so well equipped in kind of what's happening and what you know, what he needs to do as a backup, he's ready to step in if, if they need to. So at this point, if it's Wednesday, we're taping Wednesday at 11 o'clock. Josh, if you had to bet, which way do you think uh, this team goes? Is, is Sam Darn playing this weekend or not? No, I don't think he's going to play this weekend. I don't, I don't see any point right now. I mean, until, until he's re- like the spleen thing is, is legitimate. And also, you know, when we're talking about the spleen in in the in the third person, I just immediately go to Mystery Men um, and remember the, the bad guy from the Mystery Men movie um, <laughs> who played, 
played by by Pee Wee Herman. Um, it was the only thing oh I could my God. when he said the spleen is going to do what it's going to do. I thought he was breaking news that there's like a uh, a, a, a Mystery Men two coming out, like a yeah, like a. It was, that that was fun for me. Um, I I do. Who not was think- remind me? Wait wait wait. Time out. You can't just you can't just gloss over Mystery Men talk and then not like lean into that for a bit. So Ben Stiller, what was his character? A uh, Blue Raja? No no, that wasn't Blue Raja. No, what was his name? He oh, uh, furious. He was furious. I'm looking it up right now. He was Mr. Furious. Mr. Furious. Macy was the shoveler. He shovels well. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Who Jane was Janine Garofalo? She was the bowler, uh, right? She was the bowler. Yep, Mr. Invisible, but he wasn't really invisible. Oh, invisible boy. Invisible. Yeah. Boy. Uh, yeah, I just remember the only thing I really remember about that movie is Ben Stiller just saying, did he say this? What's up, Tiger Lily? Or something like that. <laughs> I can't even remember. Oh, my God. I, 1999, 20-year-old movie talk. What a year for movies. Mystery Men. Um yeah, I, I don't I don't think I don't think Sam the Spleen plays this week. I think I think I think we're a couple weeks away still. Sam the Spleen. Uh, I got to figure out what this thing is on Rotten Tomatoes while we're talking about this. Um, Travis, what do you? <laughs> sorry, what do you think? What do you think happens? Are, do you agree with Josh? Do you disagree with Josh? Yeah, I, I agree with Josh. I mean, I, that, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, if he ruptures his spleen, that's not a good thing unless unless you're the Patriots and your quarterback gets his spleen ruptured, and then mm. you just you know happen to have you know the guy coming off the bench become the one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. And I don't think uh, Luke Fox turning that corner anytime soon, and uh, Trevor Simeon definitely isn't uh, because he he can't he can't really walk, so he can't turn corners. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that was a bad joke. Uh, so, uh, just so we know, Rotten Tomatoes has Mystery Men at sixty percent. I don't know. Is that considered fresh? I don't know if that's fresh. That's definitely go, not fresh. That's not. Go fresh. look through. Go look through that cast. Sometimes I just remember like it's amazing ever being in that movie. Yeah, Hank Azaria is in it. I mean, it's it's an amazing cast. But the, I think the thing that's most like. With all the Marvel MC, you know, MCU stuff happening, like we need a Mystery Men reboot right now. We we need this. So someone make this happen. Remember, remember Corbin Blue? He's like he's like a poor man's Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> right. Tom, Tom Waits is in that movie. I just remember Holy Tom Waits is in that freaking movie. Wow. That's quite a cast. All right. I, okay. Our assignment is this week we need to go back and watch Mystery Men, and then we can just do a whole podcast about mystery men next week. How's that sound? Um, what, one more quick, one more quick superhero talk before, uh, before we move off this onto, onto other things. Cause I definitely agree with you. I think the longer we go, the less likely it is. Darwin's going to play this week. going to have a tough matchup next week though. Uh, you know, if he misses the Eagles this week. Um, so we need to talk about, I wanted to say about, um, comic book stuff. I was super excited that HBO was doing Watchmen. And then I realized it was like a Damon Lindelhoff show. And I was like, I'm fucking out. Mm. I'm so out on anything. Damon I don't even know how they still call it Watchmen. It's, it's nothing at yeah. all. Like the comic, but I, I, I there's yeah. semblances of it. Right. But... I'm going to try, but I'm going to be so mad because I just hate everything. Damon Lindelhoff does. Like I got three episodes into loss and I was just like, eject. I'm out on this. And that's pretty much been my entire um, 
you know, critical career with David Lindelhoff. So, so I'm sure he's going to ruin Watchmen for all of us, which is super fantastic. Um, all right. Hey, fellas, uh, what about, we talked about Darnold. What about CJ Mosley? Um, looks like he's not suiting up today. Uh, do we think he's someone who can come back and help to rally this defense a bit? Or, uh, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. What, what do you think? Hello? Am I, am I alone? I'm going to take that Trevor now. Oh. Sorry, I was getting a high life out of the fridge. Oh, that's fine. You don't have you don't have uh, you don't have Mickey's Mickey's big mouth in there. Come on. I don't have any grenades, although I love them because I I I, I love the little caps that have the little uh, the riddles yeah. inside with the symbols, which get harder and harder the more you drink. Yeah, I think that's the I, point, right? I I think it's wise for you to break out some Mickey's for the Dodgers postseason. I think that has to happen. Oh Lord, it, I, I guarantee you, if they make it to the World Series and they play the Astros again, I will. <laughs> so so anyway, so what do we think about CJ? Is, is CJ Mosley playing or not playing this weekend? He doesn't have, a, he doesn't have a spleen. He doesn't have a spleen issue, but you don't think he's going to play? No, I. I mean, there, there's been like like virtually no news on the front. It's just been well, you know, he's going to play when he's going to play. It's going to work out. You know, we're, we're we're relying on the doctors. I I don't think he's going to play for another two weeks even. Mm. Uh, I mean, like and that's the way it's been sounding. Yeah, and that's a big blow to the defense, you know, because right now, I mean, it's been a rough schedule so far. It's going to continue to be rough. He obviously, in the little bit we saw from him, he, you know, he's an electric player and he can play well in this defense and certainly help out um, you know, players like Jamal Adams and others. But yeah, it's kind of not having that, you know, central person on both the offense and the defense has, has certainly challenged us so so far. But we'll just we'll have to see, right? And and at this point, I don't know what we're gonna do. But I, I I'm with you. I don't get the sense that that he's gonna play, and we'll just have to hope for next week when I think we'll start to see him doing you know more activity. Let's say you know in practice, or you know they're giving him better designations. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think coming out of the bye this is going to be the time. So um, I got to say the, the, the thing I think I'm most disappointed about this year is not getting to see CJ Mosley and Avery Williamson in the middle of that mm-hmm. linebacking court, because that like that was shaping up to be a, a freaking force to be reckoned with. And the linebacking court with Avery out as just kind of, and now CJ out is the complete and total opposite. Yeah. It's a great point. I think, um, you know, you think about like, you know, a group like the Panthers, they might not have like a perfect defense, but, you know, their linebacking is just so stout and it certainly um, helps bolster the rest of the group. Um, and yeah, and I think that was, you know, the thought going into the season, the Jets, right, to to your point, having both those two players, it was almost like, well, how are we going to fit all these players on the field kind of a situation? Um, and now, you know, it's it's the antithesis of that. It's, you know, we've got to paper this over until until they come back, obviously Williamson, um, not, not going to make it back this year, but, um, but right. If, 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 Ho- if Mosley can come back, I think his value to this defense will certainly help it in the run and the pass. I, I think more in the pass is, is, is where we really need his help while he's stout moving forward. Uh, you know, I was impressed with his coverage play, 
Um, and I think that will only help this group as we go forward. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. So, um, as we talked about last week, kind of alluding to what we would do this week, we're going to have some questions for each other. Um, But before we do that, I do want to apologize because this didn't appear, this podcast didn't appear in its regularly scheduled time. I did want to say that that's largely, that is entirely my fault. And that's because I went to Boston over the weekend for a family reunion, um, which was awesome. And because I was, you know, sick earlier in the, like earlier in the, in the, whatever, late summer, early fall, we didn't book plane tickets with the kids. And so we drove to Boston. And so, um, I mean, that is just a joy. I just wanted to say, if you ever get the chance to drive 12 hours up I-95, like that is always, yeah. you know, just a, just a real treat. That's a real treat. So, um, it's a good time to listen to podcasts. You know, it's funny. And I was listening, I was cleaning out my, my podcast, uh, closet as it were. And so I went through a bunch of play like jet content and but at the same time the thing is like i can only do that so much because my wife is in the car she's asking me questions there's three kids in the back they're all screaming or playing or you know watching a movie or whatever so so, so, and you're trying to you know hurdle down the road at 80 miles an hour and you know get ahead of everybody uh and so uh it's i can only concentrate on so many things at a time like i can barely walk and chew gum so so uh, I was impressed that I actually listened to any, but you're right. It was a good chance to listen to some podcasts um, and see family and stuff up in uh, for a big reunion. But, but we need to ask each other some questions, fellas. So with that in mind, um, we, the goal was, if you remember, we were going to have one jets and one non jets question uh, for each other. So I'd say, let's start with uh, we'll go jets and then we'll go non jets. 
And Travis, we're going to start with you. So I have one Jets question for you, and then Josh, you can do the same, and then we'll, we'll go through some non-Jets questions. All right. So there's been a lot of talk about the offensive line, and Gase has hinted that he's going to make some changes. So I want to know, if Travis was the head coach of the New York Jets, with what roster is available to you? We can't trade for players or anything like that. How would you change this line for this week, for week five? How do you, how do you change this roster? Well, first and foremost, I think I've, I've said this a bunch. Um, am, I, am I on? Oh, yeah, I am. Sorry. <laughs> I'll start you are again. on. <laughs> um, let's see. So, first and foremost, I've said this a few times. Uh, I would I would get Khalil the fuck out of there. Um, the, the experiment did not work. I admire Joe Douglas and Adam Gase for uh, throwing some spaghetti at the wall and trying to make it stick. Uh, I mean, Khalil is, is a smart center, but I think that just getting someone in there August 1 and not having them play preseason and expecting them to understand the calls and the protections, you know, after being in the same system for, you know, 12 – 14 years, however long he was in Carolina, is a little too lofty. Um, so I think Jonathan Harrison needs to get in there, you know, first and foremost. He's got a year in the system. He's got uh, time with everyone on the line. Um, I think everyone has had some some crappy play, but but Khalil has been the, the biggest culprit. Um, I would like to see Adoga uh, get in there a little bit. Um, Maybe maybe just cycling him in, but I don't know how, how well that's going to go with, with helping this, this gelling of the, the offensive line or continuity. But uh, I think those are the big ones. And then in the offseason, you know, I, I think it's, it's a lofty goal to replace all five starters, but um, I think we've got to do a major overhaul. Uh, we've got to draft a couple players. We've got to pick up a couple players. Um, hopefully Trent Williams will be – Available, I think he would be a great stopgap at left um, because he's he's still got a lot in the tank. And, and to be honest, he's the only person playing decent on a, uh, on the entire Washington Redskins roster right now. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. I, I, I think that there's going to have to be a major overhaul, and I, I, I don't want to I don't want to kick everybody off the line right now. But I think if we get any deeper into this losing streak. You know, we're, we're going to have to start developing these guys in, you know, real, real-time real game situations like Adoga. Um, we've got a couple of guys on the bench that have starting uh, experience, uh, so I wouldn't mind getting getting them in, uh, especially uh, – what's his name uh, from the Vikings? Uh, is it Williams? Uh, if we could get him in there, get Beecham off. Um, I, I, mainly, like, I just feel like we need to play a little bit of uh, – of, of shuffling up there, but, but first and foremost, get Khalil off the freaking line. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, that I, I agree. I agree. I think, I think that seems like a fair, fair assessment. Josh, do you have a question for, um, for Travis? For young Travis? I certainly do. So going back to September 20, it feels like a, like a, like we're interviewing you. Um, going back to <laughs> September 20th, I don't uh, recall the New York Jets. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about the past. Um, they put out their – the Jets put out their their NFL 100 all-time team as voted on by the fans. And I would love to know – two. it's a two-parter. One, how many times did you vote? And then two, um, the offensive line listed for the Jets, their all-time offensive line. I'd love to hear any thoughts from you, any memories of these guys, and or any changes 
any changes you would make. So going left to right, uh, it was DeBrickashaw, um, Randy Rasmussen, Nick Mengel, Jim Sweeney, and Winston Hill as the Jets' all-time offensive line. And so can you just bring this down, offensive line, history and lore of the Jets, any changes you'd make to that starting five? I would make zero changes because I voted a solid 380 times for every single one of those players. And I, I almost exclusively voted on the offensive line and uh, running backs. Um, I, why sweet God, like I think everyone that knows me knows my adoration for, for Mr. Nick Mangold, but, but Mawai was, mm. was one of my like biggest inspirations. Like, and when, when I, when I played football, like that was the dude that I wanted to be like, I mean, he's super smart, super tough, got great pushes. I mean, watching that guy take on doubles and triple teams when I was, you know, watching, you know, Curtis Martin run, uh, that guy is just insane, and and he's one of my absolute all time favorite players. And I, I cannot, I, I I really wanted to go to the Hall of Fame this year and uh, see him get inducted. The only time I've ever been was to see Walter Payton get inducted, who was yeah. I, I even had Ruse shoes. I know it's not Jets related. That's amazing. When I was a kid, I was a Jets fan, but I loved watching Walter Payton. Everyone and, loved uh, watching Walter Payton. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But, uh, I mean, Rasmussen, I mean, that guy's technique is, is insane. Um, Brick, you know, I'm, I'm a UVA guy. Brick played at UVA. He's obviously in, like, my top three of all-time favorite players. One of the most solid guys that I think we've had just on the Jets as a whole in my lifetime. Um, yeah, I mean, every single I – wouldn't, I wouldn't take – I wouldn't trade any of these guys out, like, at all. Like, if we could have this, this, this offensive line – that offensive line right now, <laughs> Holy shit! Luke Falk would look like a superstar. <laughs> right, I agree. I think Bell would be running for two hundred yards every week. Yeah, I, I was, I was with you. I was like, gosh, that Mawai—that is so hard. It feels like a fifty-fifty. And I think when I was like, well, could I, can I move Mangle to guard? But it's like, okay, that's not what we're doing here. Um, you know. But yes, to, to your point, I think that's a pretty. I even remember him like. When he, when he was a Seahawk, like blocking for Sean Alexander, no one Sean Alexander, who was it? Uh, uh, Ricky Waters. Ricky Waters, yeah. and like that was just amazing to watch too. And then when he became a Jet, I was like, oh my god! And then we got Curtis. I was like, oh my god, we're gonna we're gonna do it. And mm. we we didn't, but we came close. Came close. Uh, yeah, Mawai is a great player. I think that's the thing is probably the reason Mangle got tipped over versus Mawai is you know Mangle played his whole career with the Jets versus Mawai, right, who had played elsewhere. Um, so, yeah. Um, all right. So, Josh, great question. And, and I like the two-parter, and I like the fact that he, uh, you, got, you got him. You, you did some gotcha journalism to figure out how many times he voted. So, sure well done for you. I knew, I, knew, I knew of the three of us, the only one that was going to vote more than three <laughs> times was going to be Travis. That makes That's sense. Uh, okay. So, should we, should we move to some non-Jets questions now, gentlemen? For Travis. Okay, so, so uh, Josh, why don't you go first with your non-Jets yeah. question? Yeah, Trav, um, obviously listeners of this podcast, uh, Brian and I, you know, we, we've, we've had, um, it's, been, it's been a ride watching you, knowing you um, for a while now, obviously a chef in multiple places. Can you give us one potentially not safe for work? So parents, you might have to Skip forward, hit that 30-second forward button for a few minutes here. Give us a not-safe-for-work kitchen nightmare that happened, um, and preferably something that 
you did um, that you would like to share with our audience? Oh man. Whew. Okay. Um, so this is going to go way back to probably my second year cooking. I was at a little seafood joint in Midlothian, Virginia, right outside of Richmond. It was my, my first, uh, actual kitchen job. And I was working the app station, um, uh, kind of garbage, but uh, it, 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 we actually did desserts as well. And I was, let's see, I was probably 16 years old and I, I had come into work on a Friday um, and Senator Mark Warner was in for dinner. Mm, and nice. we had, we, he, he's, he's become a great friend of mine since, awesome. but, uh, yeah. He, he sits down and we had gazpacho on the menu and I had no fucking idea what gazpacho was. Uh, and we were serving it in a goblet, the same goblet that we served ice cream out of and Sundays. So I get an order in for this gazpacho for Senator Mark Warner's table for him specifically. And assuming that since it's in a goblet, everything we have that goes in a goblet is a dessert. This has to be some kind of dessert. So I ladle out just, you know, three ladles of gazpacho, put a hefty dollop of whipped cream oh on top, cherry, <laughs> a little bit of chocolate, because I'm assuming it's like a strawberry, like, you know, it's red, yeah. I don't know what the hell it is. I send it out, owner comes back literally two minutes later, he's like, what the fuck did you do? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I sent out this beautiful gazpacho. He's like, do you know what it is? I'm like, it's a dessert, it's coming in a goblet. And he was like, it's... Chilled tomato soup with cucumbers, <laughs> and I was—I was like, "Uh, oh, okay." And he's like, "And that went to Senator Mark Warner." And we—we we literally <laughs> joke about it. He—he he came to eat recently with me, and he—he uh, he asked me like legitimately. He said, "Please, I'm gonna." I'm going to have uh, all my appetizers without whipped cream. And I was like, yeah, I actually don't really remember that. <laughs> yes. I don't think he Fantastic. was a senator at that point. I guess he was. No. Uh, that well, that would he became he was, a senator in like 2000 After After he was a governor. And so this would have been 96, 95, 95. Um, oh, so, no, I think he was in the House uh, I think, uh, in, in Virginia. I'm talking politics that nobody uh, that listens to politics yeah. or podcast. Right. They don't care. About. They don't care. But, yeah. but, but I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. That's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So he, okay. So he was just to be clear. So he was the chair, I guess, of the Virginia democratic party from 93 to 95. So he's okay, not, so, he's, so he's not like, he wasn't a, uh, like a, whatever. He didn't have a job. Like, but then he ran for governor. Oh, four. Is that right? I don't know what I'm looking at. It was post Wilder. Um, I don't know, but I, I recall And then it. he ran for, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, sure so he, he was, served, he was okay, head so, of the Virginia DNC. Oh, yeah. oh, six, oh, two to oh, six. Right. And then he was Senator in oh, nine or whatever. Okay. Something yep. like that. Anyway, that is hilarious. Uh, he's a good dude. I've met him once or twice. He's a good dude. Um, you know, very, very nice and approachable for a guy who made a shit ton of money. Um, like in he was last time he came in to eat, he was sitting at the table with uh, a kind of a, a mixed bag of, of, of politicians throughout mm-hmm. southwestern and middle Virginia. So there were some Republicans and some uh, Democrats. And he came back to the kitchen and he asked me to make sure because most of them got uh, this half chicken dish that I was doing. 
uh-huh. uh, called a country captain, and he wanted to make sure everyone got the left side of the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that is uh, hilarious to me. That's so good. And then it's like, because he's like setting this joke up for himself. He was totally trolling oh, everybody with chicken. Uh, that is so good. That is so good. I love it. Um, all right. Okay. Moving on. Okay. So my question for you is, so you, you talk about, you know, kind of being in, in Virginia. My question is um, you have you know recently moved away from Richmond, which is, you know, a, a sizable city, but certainly not New York or, you know, LA or anything like that, but you've moved to a much more remote place. So in, in Bristol. So how has that actually kind of shaped your career since you've made that move to a little bit more of a destination spot? That was my question for you. Um, and cooking, like I'm predominantly known as, as you know, one of the. Preeminent, for, I'll say it. Preeminent uh, Appalachian. I'm throw some hubris out there. Yeah, <laughs> like one of the foremost people in in Appalachian food, in in you know, in one of the you know the kind of aspects that make up you know the 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 different portions of of food in the South. Uh, so Appalachian is kind of the northernmost one and it's it's very eclectic because there was a lot of different immigrant populations moving in and out and also it stretches from new york all the way to georgia so um it's kind of a crazy region that people don't realize how eclectic and diverse it is but uh in in moving down here i think the biggest thing i've had to branch outside of my uh, my my box, my sandbox of Appalachian food, mainly for my own sanity, because, you know, I'm in southwestern Virginia. I'm in a rural place in eastern Tennessee where, you know, I can't walk into, you know, an Ethiopian restaurant and eat Ethiopian food. I can't find a Korean barbecue joint. You know, there's, there's just not those things down here. So if I want those foods, I either have to drive to Asheville, North Carolina, which isn't a long drive. But uh, if, if I want those foods, typically I have to make them myself. So right. instead of just, you know, doing this just for me and making myself, you know, some bulgogi or something, I will actually like the menu at the tasting room at the vineyard. We will we actually have decided like that's going to be whatever we feel like whenever we feel like. So as long as it goes with the wine one week, you know, we'll like this week I'm doing shakshuka and I'm doing this hamachi crudo with, with, uh, this old technique of pickling strawberries from Japan. And, you know, it, it just cause it's stuff that I felt like eating this week and I can't find it anywhere. So why not just introduce this stuff to people here as well as, you know, satisfy my own needs. That's so awesome. it's, it's made me kind of branch out and do a lot of things that I haven't done in a while. And it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool actually. I love that. And I think that that is, you know, if you've, if you watched a show like ugly delicious on Netflix, like that's so much of what it's about, right. Is, you know, there's no, there's no such thing as quote unquote authentic. It's all, you know, based on, you know, what people had, what was available to them, the, you know, the culture and the legacy they had, the things they learned and, and, you know, what was in front of them. And so I think that's, that's interesting, right. That, yeah, you're, you're kind of making the change you want, right. And if you want to, Eastern Mediterranean, you know, kind of, you know, one pot dish with eggs, like you're going to have to, you know, shakshuka, you're going to have to make that yourself. So that's really cool. Love that. Um, all right, Josh, it's your turn. You're in the crosshairs now. Uh, so first we'll, we'll ask you, I'll ask you my Jets question. So Josh, imagine you are Joe Douglas. You're the, you're the GM of the New York Jets. Um, as you look to college, uh, you know, college games are going on. Players are being evaluated. Of course, you're going to do your, your team's going to do their due diligence 
on all the players, yada, yada, blah, 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 whatever, who cares, boring. Um, what positions, and, you know, maybe yeah. Travis has already answered some of this, but, you know, what positions are you prioritizing, kind of putting a premium on, let's say, as your team scouts colleges and looks to, you know, free agency next next year? Yeah, obviously, and this is, I mean, it, it sounds a little bit almost cliche at this point, but we we need an offensive line that's effective at blocking defenders. And so, you know, I know this this draft class seems to be really high on, on a bunch of skilled positions, namely wide receiver um, and quarterback. And I feel like those are just not positions of need for this team. And so the tricky thing here, guys, is like, if you look at if you project out, you know the 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 Washington Redskins, the the Cardinals, the Dolphins, the Jets. Like you, you have a bunch of just bad teams. The Denver Broncos. Like you have a bunch of really bad teams that could finish three and thirteen and be at pick number five. Like this could be a really tough draft to be at the very top of. But you know, there's there's always going to be guys coming out of college in the first and second round. Um, at the offensive line positions of need. And I, I you know, I, I would be prioritizing a left tackle. Um, and we still need to draft and figure out the center position. So, man, I feel like, I feel like the offensive line is, is certainly going to need, um, some focus and then just our defensive backs, you know, because if we get Williamson back and if CJ Mosley comes back, I feel like our front four with that linebacking core is actually probably in the top third of the NFL, if not the top five honestly, um, but the defensive backs are just brutal. And so, you know, a guy like Tremaine Johnson is just going to have to go. He's just not going to fit on this team. Obviously, Marcus May has had a lot of injuries in the past. Um, it, those two things seem to be the highest priority to me, the offensive line and our, our secondary. So, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of big, splashy names. you got guys like Jordy Judy at the top who's this big receiver. You've got Tua coming out of Alabama. Like, there's a lot of really great skill position guys, but those are not positions of need for the Jets right now. They have to figure out um, how to stop big plays and then how to actually have a semblance of an offensive line to, to give our offense any chance of success. Which is actually kind of nice when you think about it because it means then that the Jets are going to be able to, you know, zig where everybody else is zagging, one would hope, right? If they're chasing receivers and running backs and wide receivers, not that we don't need wide receivers or, you know, maybe – like, I mean, I think Lev Bell's fine for the next couple of years. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if it basically means that players you wouldn't otherwise, you might rank higher and are falling to you, like that might work well in their favor. Um, so, so yeah, I hope that's something they can, they can get to. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Travis, do you have a question for Josh around the Jets? Yep. I uh, I based all of my Jets questions off of uh, kind of Twitter battles and debates that I've seen over the past you know year or so. Uh, so, Josh, mine for you is uh, now that you've seen Darnold for almost a full year, um, you've seen Jamal Adams for you know a few years now, three years. Um, 
and you've seen Patrick Mahomes for a couple years, one of the, the old Twitter battles that I've seen is, you know, why, you know, what would have happened if the Jets had taken Mahomes instead of Adams? Mm. Where do you fall on that? What, which, would, which would you prefer? It, the, the, where we're at with having Jamal on the team or if we had Patrick Mahomes? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I, I, I lean toward, I don't, I don't, I don't believe fully in system quarterbacks. I think that there are certainly guys that are just good. And I think Patrick Mahomes is one of them. He's just a really great NFL player. Um, I, I do think that in an Andy Reid offense with an Andy Reid blocking scheme with, with running backs and receivers that can make plays, guys like Tyreek Hill obviously helped that, you know, it, it was going to be, you know, if you almost swapped him and put Sam Darnold on the Chiefs, if they waited a year and and then and then took Sam Darnold maybe at the top of that draft, I think we'd be seeing Sam Darnold succeed right now in, in a really major way. And I think Patrick Mahomes would be okay, um, but I, I I just I don't know that the way the team has been constructed the last two or three years, um, we we we'd be seeing what's happening in Kansas City happening with the Jets because I feel like so much of that has to do with scheme and so much of that has to do with the personnel around the player. And so I, I'd really rather have Jamal and Sam. And I know that might sound crazy to um, average football fans. They're like, yo, you don't want Patrick Mahomes. It's like, well, I'd want Patrick Mahomes if we were the chiefs with every other thing that they have really ready and set for a guy like that to come in and be a playmaker. Um, you put that guy in the jets with a terrible offensive line in the last two years of having very little offensive firepower, like he might be out of the league with, you know, a ruptured spleen. Like he might, he might be a guy that had nowhere to go. So, you know, I, I love him. It's fun to watch that guy play. I, I feel like he's, he's really revolutionizing the quarterback position, but I just don't think that it, it's a, it's an apples to apples comparison to say that if we had Patrick Mahomes, we'd be going 13 and three and in, in the AFC championship every year. So I, 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 I'm happy where we're at with, with Darnold and Adams. I feel like those are two guys that you build a franchise around for 10 or 12 years. Um, but obviously we just keep getting our feet stuck in the mud and not, not building healthy teams around him. Mm. Um, and, you know, you can't foresee something like mono anyway. And so I, I don't know. I Going back in time and looking, I mean, that, there's always ripple effects that you're never really going to know. Um, but I'm happy where we're at with those two guys at least. Oh, yeah. I think that's a fair assessment, right? Like, you know, we, we have yet to see Kareem Hunt play on the Browns, right? Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. think Kareem Hunt from the Chiefs is the same Kareem Hunt we're going to see on the Browns, right? And but and I think you, you laid that out very well. I agree. Like, of course you'd want Mahomes, but at the same time, right, Do does is Mahomes Mahomes without all the, all the you know, the trappings he, he has around him? So, so going from trappings to um, to uh, a, a no frills life, uh, I have a question for you, Josh. So, you, we know that you're our you're our you know resident pastor. Um, you know, you you and and there's a phrase uh, I believe that says a, a prophet is despised in his own hometown. Um, sure is. But you grew up in Connecticut, so you mm-hmm. became an ordained pastor, moved to Virginia, and now you're back home in Connecticut. Um, how how has that been? I mean, you've been back for a couple of years. Um, how has that been? Like, do you see people, I, maybe you don't see anybody at all, but like, do you see people from high school and they're like, oh yeah, I remember you. You're like, you're a total knucklehead or like yeah. that kind of thing. Does that happen? Or like what, what, talk about going home, kind of given your profession and kind of all eyes being on you. How does yeah. that work? 
Yeah, it's interesting. So, so the church I'm a part of, um, we actually have um, multiple locations, and so we have we have locations everywhere from Stamford, Connecticut, up through Springfield, Massachusetts, and everywhere in between. Um, and so, you know, Connecticut's a small place, and then kind of like evangelical church scene in a place like Connecticut is an even smaller pond. And so, I am regularly running into people that you know know me, or people that know me from somebody else, and so that is that is regularly happening. Um, in, in my life. So, you know, I grew up in Bristol, um, which is central Connecticut, and then uh, moved away down to Richmond for a number of years, which is where I met you guys, and then moved back here um, about three and a half years ago and moved to New Haven. And so, you know, being geographically in a, in a little bit of a different part of the state, it's about a 45 minute drive from where I grew up. Um, but still being obviously like, um, you know, in a more public position. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I certainly get that. And, and it's interesting when it happens because, um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, you guys know this, right? Like, like Trav, if you went back and cooked in that seafood place in Midlothian, to be like, Oh yeah. Remember when you were putting whipped cream on gazpacho? Like there's, there's just that, there's just that aspect. No matter, <laughs> right. no matter what you do. So it chases um, you around. Right. It, yeah. Listen, yeah. You don't, you don't get to escape that stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, it's nice. And at the same time, I think anyone's ever experienced this. You go home for, uh, a high school reunion and it's oh look at you mr big shot doing something at the new york times and i remember when you were pissing your pants in seventh grade and it's like yeah i mean there is certainly that aspect but <laughs> we're 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 having a lot of fun um you know our, our church movement that we are um that we're a part of is, has really seen incredible things happen in this part of the country that hasn't really happened here in a long long time so um just having fun and you know graciously um, being humbled regularly when I run into someone that knows me when I, you know, was pimple faced and my voice was 10 octaves, 10 octaves higher than it is now. That's awesome. Hello, sir. Would you like fries with that? (laughs) (laughs) So Travis, do you have a question for, for Josh? Yeah, I'm I'm totally redirecting my question because I just realized that, that Josh and I are total yin and yangs. We both grew up in a place called Bristol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. different bristols we both met and lived in richmond and then moved back towards said bristols <laughs> um most of my family were pastors and, or still are wow. yet i'm the one that that is not yeah black sheep black yeah sheep. i'm the black sheep so i deal with this a lot of times uh down here considering most of my family is you know is clergy mm-hmm. um a lot of people go, oh, my God, can, can somebody in the family talk to Travis? Is he okay? <laughs> so my question is, how many people in your congregation have listened to the podcast? And if they have, how many of them have said, can you talk to that guy? Is he okay? <laughs> <laughs> I've, 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 I've kept it relatively under, under wraps mm-hmm. just because I don't want people thinking – I wonder what my pastor does at 11 a.m. Yeah. on a Wednesday. You know, like there's, <laughs> that's valid. there's a little bit, there's a little bit of that. Um, sure. And if you are sure. listening in a part of our church, you know, you will regularly find me in 7 a.m. Uh, meetings. I, I don't. Yeah, I would say I don't know many pastors that aren't working 60 hours a week. So yeah, there is that. But yeah, I, I've had a few friends, um, you know, that either follow me on Twitter and then know about the podcast that way. Um, and, and one memorable exchange, this was, this was a couple of weeks ago. Um, I forgot which, it might've been our, our white claw conversation. Um, and this particular guy found me on a Sunday, a, a Sunday at church and said, Hey, listen to the, 
to the podcast this week. Um, hey, that Travis guy really likes to drink, huh? Um, <laughs> that yes. was it. Was a lot of fun for me um, to then go listen. Like I, you know, I I, I regularly imbibe as well, and you know, moderation right. all stuff. But um, it, it was fun to to kind of tell a little bit of Travis's story um to to those guys because obviously on a podcast you only get one one angle of, of each of us but I, I, told, I told him you know there's there's a few guys you want in, in your foxhole if you're ever in a battle Absolutely. um i don't i don't know that i'm surviving but i do know that travis is cracking jokes and, and sipping sipping out of a uh a nice little canteen so i it was it was fun for me um, <laughs> anytime someone knows about the podcast but that was my that was my absolute favorite when he just said, "Oh, so that uh, that Travis guy likes to drink." Oh, you know Travis. It's kind of it's kind of a Dean Martin thing. Like it's right. I won't necessarily say it's embellished, but it's it's played up. It's played yeah. up. Absolutely, a little bit, yeah. Because it is something I enjoy and I do it often. But uh, once we get to the whiskey question, I'm, that's probably going to take a shit on that that yeah. embellishment. <laughs> Here's where it's not played up. When Travis is in Richmond hanging out at Guar Bar with his shirt off singing Backstreet Boys karaoke. That's when Which it's I not will be up. later tonight. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Guar Bar, see you guys there. Um, all right. Do you guys have any questions for me? Okay. Do you have any questions? Uh, I got I to gotta run in like five minutes or uh, seven minutes. So fire away. What Jets questions do you have for me, Josh? Yeah, so obviously you, you have been a, a Jets media member for much longer than us. Any any of – is there one memorable run-in you've had with the team mm. or with beat reporters, something mm-hmm. that was interesting that, you know, you suddenly found yourself like, oh, my gosh, I'm really having this conversation with <laughs> fill in the blank. I'd love to hear that yes. story. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so in 2000 and – Eight, I think. When was was Matt Ryan? I think that was when he was a rookie. It would have been the Vernon Golston years. So it been two thousand and eight. Yeah. So so I was living in Boston. Um, you know, the blog was big enough and had SNY support. And um, and Matt Ryan was doing a pro day at, at Boston College. And I said, well, let me see if I can, you know, go, go to this pro day. So I did. I got a t- got you know, got a pass or whatever. I went to report. This was kind of before Twitter was a thing. So someone had told me, Eric Manesey, E-Man, had told me to set up a Twitter account. I did. But that was in the days where you basically had to, like, text to, like, one of these six-digit numbers to, like, tweet with your account. It was very weird. Um, and you probably had like a, uh, you know, like one of those eight, you know, ABC phones to tweet, um, like a flip phone. And, uh, and so I'm, but I'm at the, I'm at training, I'm at training camp, I'm at the, the practice bubble, you know, all the people that you expect are there, Todd McShay's there, you know, all, all those people are, are there. And I'm standing next to at one point, Pete Kendall, Jets offensive guard and, uh, and, I'm talking with Pete because I think Pete had gone to Boston college. And so he's walking, we're talking about Matt Ryan, whatever. And he kind of turns to me at one moment and he says, uh, like, who do you write for? And I was like, uh, I write for the jets blog. It's part of Sportsnet New York. And, uh, and he kind of looks at me and he's like, Oh yeah, I've read your stuff about me. And, and in that moment, you know, Pete Kendall is a, he's a, he's a nice guy, but he's a, he's got that kind of like Boston kind of edge to him. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, Oh 
my gosh, like what have I written about Pete Kendall? I hope it's been all really good things and positive things um, because like he's standing in front of me and not that he's going to, you know, punch me here on the sidelines of Matt Ryan's, uh, you know, pro day workout. But, um, but I, I just, I, you have that moment where all, all the things that you've written, like you're trying to flash it through your brain because that influences like how this person thinks about you. And I had never really had that feedback loop until that point. And it was like one of those, like, you know, um, uh, bowel, bowel clenching moments, right. We were just like, Oh my gosh, what's, what's about, what's about to happen at this point. And then we continued to talk, but I was definitely scared for having like, Oh my, I had to do an inventory of what I wrote about Pete Kendall, which was, I think mostly positive because I like Pete Kendall. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? What else you got, Travis? I've shifted gears to shorter answer questions, okay. but I will say be very conscious of your answer to this because we are very close to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Who is the shittiest Jets player that you would be willing to wear a jersey of? Uh, are, we, are we talking current <laughs> roster? What are we talking? Current roster? We're talking all time. Oh, man. I think for pure nostalgia purposes, I want an Anthony Schlegel jersey for Christmas. Oh, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. so the original Boy Scout. The original Boy Scout. Just be careful when you open up your uh, your mailbox over the next couple months. <laughs> Sounds That's good. I, I, I can hardly wait. I can hardly wait for my Anthony Schlegel <laughs> jersey. That would be amazing. Um, all right, good. But what also, else? You- I got to ask Josh that yeah. too. I can't just ask yeah. you that, Josh. That's fine. Ooh, I, I was the proud owner for three seasons of a Vernon Golston jersey, and I feel like I would run it back <laughs> just, for, <laughs> just for the free beers you get if you went out in public, just out of pure sympathy. Oh, man, Golston, yeah, that was a total whiff. Hey, let me buy you a round. That'd be great. <laughs> all right, you, you guys get fresh Gotham greens. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, it's like, I think the thing about wearing an Anthony Schlegel jersey was people would be like, "Is your last name Schlegel?" Like that, they would, be, they, they would have no idea who Anthony Schlegel was. But it would be like the random Jets fan who's like, "That's amazing." That that would be, that's like the home run for every strikeout you know that you have with with that jersey. So, yep. All right. Um, anything else for me, fellas? What Golden Girls uh, character Ooh. personifies you the most? Uh, I think for me, it's gotta be, uh, I, I want it to be Blanche, but I know it's not Blanche. I, I think it has to be Rose just because she's so like aloof and, um, like <laughs> just by the most part. And then has these stories that she just tells that no one cares or listens to. So I think, I think in that <laughs> way, I've, I've gotta be Rose. How about everybody else? What I need to know what you guys think now. If you're asking me that, I need to know what you think. I would give you Sophia. Yeah, Sophia's pretty you good. Are you're, like, Sophia. You're, you're, like, you're like, picture it. 1912. <laughs> Sicily. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling these, these same stories. Right. But you've got some sass to you. Yeah. Right. You, you've been around the block. You, you know a thing or two. You're not taking shit from anybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a that's a good one. I could see I could see you as 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 Sophia. Josh? I I think I'm Stanley. Stanley. You're Stanley Spornak? That's amazing. I think, I think I'm Dorothy's ex-husband. I couldn't even <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't even keep B. Arthur in my sheets. 
I can't God. tell you how stoked I am that someone knows who Stanley is. Like, Listen, that just, that just warms my heart. From the moment we've started this podcast, I have slowly been going back and watching episodes. And so I am falling in love with the it one-liner. It's amazing. Oh, it's so good. It's, I'm, I'm two steps away from a full chest tattoo. <laughs> Not much more. Oh, man. That'd be pretty good. That'd be pretty good. Um, uh, I think we need to have a, a separate podcast where we do uh, – what was the spinoff show? Like Eagle's Nest or what was that? There, were, there was Empty Nest, but there was Empty also uh, the extension of Golden Girls, uh, which only lasted one season and mm. featured the guy that played uh, uh, Hollywood from uh, – no, no, no. It featured Don Cheadle. Oh, damn. Wow, I missed that one. It was called mm. Golden Palace. The Golden Palace. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, was, yes. It's the it retirement home. without B. Arthur. Yep, yeah, B. Arthur left, and everyone else right. continued. <laughs> it's not bad. Okay, I, I'm putting it in my queue today. Um, all right, so at this point, I think we are going to bid them adieu, but before we do that, we have to get to play like a Jets question for you, Travis, which is as follows. And we need quantities here, all right? How much whiskey does Travis drink during a typical Jets loss? So that's question one. And then that is followed up by also, when is Travis giving me some of his famous collard greens? So, so number one, give us volumes of whiskey. Like I need ounces or tumblers. I'm going to say 720 milliliters uh, or IE. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, that's the thing I, I don't I, I'm not a beer drinker I, I'm a whiskey drinker yes. and the only reason I drank beer is to slow down my whiskey intake and when there's a loss I just say fuck it I thought like, I don't even go to the beer um the claws help a little bit but they don't go great with whiskey um fair and and it also depends on the type but typically if it's a loss I will switch over to my beloved Kentucky gentleman which is mm. you know it's it's bottom shelf, but you know it's 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 good. Does it does the job for uh, for then, our friends for our friends who need to understand like can't do the metric conversion to to English. Seven hundred and twenty milliliters is twenty four ounces. So just 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 so it's three quarters of a bottle of wine. Yeah. Well, actually, no. It's probably it's probably seven eighths of a bottle of wine. Sorry. Right. Um. Then for the collard green green collard green collard green question. Yes. Um. I actually messaged Scott earlier, I mm. uh, played like a jet, and told him that uh, I, I'm, I'm actually starting a food podcast, and I've been <gasps> looking for producers, and he said that he would be willing, so I told him to meet me at Teterboro Airport uh, October 26th. Wow. At, uh, I'm not going to tell the time, because then somebody else will probably show up and be like, no, I, I want some collard greens. Wait, too. October 26th? You might have another engagement. I think you yeah, have another no, engagement. I I, that, that was what I was that was oh. what I was getting at. And then he goes, "No, I think you've got another engagement." You told me about. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. I'll be there on the twenty eighth. <laughs> okay, um, fair. Now you're good. Now you're good to go. Also, I was maybe giving out a false day, so if somebody did want to show up, and oh, get some that's true. They can be hanging out. Like you have your Travis fans, like the the yeah the Travis fans are like, what, what the hell? All six is of he? them. Yeah, yeah. Because the only only questions I got from my tweet was from like uh, Slut Angel forty three just telling me about her uh, her, her live <laughs> show that's going on. <laughs> that's oh, really about it. But yeah. uh, but no, the collard greens that's happening. I'm bringing up a a full Ooh. four gallon what they call a a, a Lexan container. That's the restaurant term uh, of mm-hmm. of my Colt forty five kimchi collard greens. Oh Scott. my gosh, that sounds amazing. 
Uh, good. I might have to drive to Teterboro. Um, all, all right. With that, we, we need to go. Gentlemen, this is always fun. Even when it's not all about the Jets, I always have the best time. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, Play Like a Jet. Uh, please read uh, read everything on Turn On the Jets Network. Um, like, rate, and review the Play Like a Jet podcast and the Turn On the Jet podcast um, streams on your devices and whatever you use. Um, thank you, gentlemen. Have a good day, and I will talk to you later. Ricky, ticky, tabby. See you next week.